Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. The injury report is out, and the injury report for the Colts and Patriots is really important today. Today would be Friday of a normal week, and that's where we find out who's up, who's down, who's questionable, and you find nothing out whatsoever from Bill Belichick, which is par for the course. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Thursday, December 16th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is, call him. Avail yourself of his genius, 317-849-2933 is the number. So here's the injury report for the Colts, pretty easy to keep track of. All right, Antoine Woods is out with a calf. He's out for Saturday night. Ryan Kelly is questionable. He's got a personal matter. They also listed him with a knee and an illness. We know that he was on the COVID list. He was activated off the COVID list earlier this week. He should be good to go, according to Frank Reich. We learned something else from Frank Reich today. We learned that Zaire Franklin, probably a no-go. He's on the COVID list. He is vaccinated, so he could hustle through the protocol at a rate that vaccinated players or unvaccinated players cannot. However, Frank Reich says he is probably not going to be available. He says that the Colts are emotionally up, but that execution, discipline, playmaking wins games especially games like this game against Bill Belichick and the New New England Patriots. The New England Patriots injury report, typical obfuscation from Belichick. Nine players limited today, all listed as questionable. One player out for Saturday night. That is Ronnie Perkins' backup linebacker for the Patriots. So how do you beat the Patriots? I feel bad about Franklin, too. Franklin is a terrific special team player, and a really good uh, situational linebacker, E.J. Speed, likely to move into that role for the Colts on Saturday night. E.J. Speed, I think, can play. I like E.J. Speed. E.J. Speed is fast. I like fast at that level of linebacker. Good news for uh, Bobby Okariki, not on the injury report today, as, as being limited or uh, did not participate. He's been out with an illness the last couple of days, not today, and that's a good thing. All right, again, Belichick, nine players limited, 
nine players questionable. I, it's just nauseating the level at which he tries to, in idiotic ways, bury information that might somehow be helpful to the opposition, which it would not be. Just the way he is. He's just obnoxious. That's why beating the hell out of him on Saturday night is going to be so much fun. And here's how you do it. Here's how you beat the Patriots. All right? You open holes. You dominate up front on the offensive side of the ball. If you've got, if if they load the box with nine, you find your nine and you block the hell out of them. If they put three in the box or none in the box, you still, you find your guy and you block and you win at the point of attack. You find a way to win your blocks. If the Colts win their blocks, they're going to win the game because it's going to be Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor. And that's what they're going to do. And then if they have to throw a swing pass to Naheem Hines, all the better. If they got guys singled up, T.Y. Hilton singled up or Michael Pittman Jr. singled up, go ahead, throw it to them a half dozen times. All right? But overall, you have got to run the ball to win. When Jonathan Taylor runs for 100 yards this season, we've said it all week long, he runs for 100, the Colts are 7-0. and He runs for less than 100, the Colts are 0-6. That is stark basic math. When Carson Wentz has to throw the ball for more than 220 yards, the Colts have won one game this season. When he hasn't thrown for 220 yards, the Colts haven't lost a one. That is stark. That is basic math. You don't need to be a Mensa member to figure out what the Colts need to do and need to do well in order to win this game and win that battle on the offensive side of the ball and go get points. Defensively, what you got to do, I'm hoping because Mac Jones is a rookie, despite the fact that he has a preternatural understanding of the game of football, and that's why Belichick loves him. I'm hoping that the Colts can somehow, someway, bait him into making some dumbass throws and throw it to a guy like Kenny Moore or a guy like uh, Xavier Rhodes or a guy like T.J. Carey or a guy like Rocky Seen. Let's turn the ball over. If the Colts are able to turn the Patriots over and can run the football effectively, they're going to win this game, and it's not going to be close. If they can't turn them over, and if they can't run the ball, it's going to be a long night. It's that simple. You don't need to dig any deeper than that to figure out what the hell is going to happen Saturday night or what is going to be the variable or the two variables that are going to give the Colts an advantage. Turnovers, run the football. Dot that I, cross that T, win the game. And if you win the game, how about this? Tonight, Thursday night football. This is an interesting game for the Indianapolis Colts and for the New England Patriots, all right? Chiefs, Chargers. I know it's a pipe dream to think about a first-round buy in the top seed in the AFC going into the playoffs. It is. However, if the Chiefs win this game, the first-round buy likelihood for the Colts drops to 0.3%, virtually impossible. One in 300 the Colts would be to go get that. If the Chargers win, it's 0.6%. Now, I know that sounds dopey to hope uh, that a less than 1% likelihood is going to come in. But if the Colts can win on Saturday night against the Patriots, if the Titans can uh, lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, all of a sudden it changes the calculus. And the door would be ajar for the, for the Colts. 
to find their way there. First thing they're going to have to do is win the AFC South, which is kind of tough. You got to win this week. You got to win next week. Titans, they got to lose this week in Pittsburgh. They got to lose next week. Those two things happen. All of a sudden, it's a coin flip as to who wins the AFC South moving forward. It, it, that's a lot of work to do. That, that's a lot of hay that needs to be stowed in the barn, right, for the Colts to even consider the possibility of having the number one uh, uh, seed in the AFC and winning the AFC South. It is really unlikely to happen. But the Titans are so depleted because of injury. Yeah, Brown out. Henry out. Jones out. You got Tannehill. You got a bunch of goobers down in Nashville trying to win football games. You got defense that's not too bad, and you got a coach who's really good in Mike Vrabel. If somehow they lose three or four coming in and the Colts can win out, you're in business, all right? And you got a chance. And the chance is all you can ask for when you start a season 0-3. Somehow, no matter what happens this year, Colts have got to fix what's broke early in their seasons. We saw what happened in 2018. They started the season 1-5. This year they started 1-4. They made the playoffs in 2018. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year, aren't they? We're hoping. The COVID protocols for the NFL are changing as we speak. And so those guys who are on the COVID list could be activated for this weekend. I don't know how that's going to apply to Zaire Franklin or a guy like Baker Mayfield. Things are weird. And this is a situation that's really in flux. Anything can happen. So let's rest you know, ourselves on that spot, right, where anything can happen, and let's hope that it does. Um. What else you got to do to beat the playoffs or beat the Patriots? You know what? You got to keep your foot on the gas. You got to finish strong. You can't go out to a 20-3 lead and then all of a sudden let a team come back on you. We remember we remember when the Patriots got out to a 21-3 lead on the Colts when they were up 13 with about four minutes left in 2009. Colts came back from the dead, found a way to win that game. That was the fourth and two game with Belichick. You can't do that. You have got to, if you've got your foot on the throat of your opponent, you do not let him off the ground. Colts can't do that. All right, Pacers tonight against Detroit at Gainbridge Fieldhouse at game 7 o'clock. Tried to watch last night, right? Colts, or Pacers playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, defending world champions, despite the fact that the Bucks were down like everybody. No Middleton, no Giannis, no DiVincenzo. They were debilitated. They held the Pacers to 12 measly points in the fourth quarter, and they won that game. This is a team that is is not in good shape. They are not in a good head place. They aren't very talented to begin with. But mentally, emotionally, this is a team maybe a little bit worn out by all the chaos around it. The article in The Athletic, Herb Simon coming out yesterday talking to the media, which he almost never does. You can get him to talk uh, about Jack's toys right, and donating toys to kids. You can get that to happen, but talking about basketball is something that Herb Simon leaves to the experts. But yesterday he sat down with guys like Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files, just a couple of writers, and tried to explain where he's at in his head because he believes that he's been misquoted in the media in saying that he's in favor of kind of retooling this thing. 
So what we found out yesterday is that Herb Simon is very, very pleased with Kevin Pritchard and is willing to let Kevin Pritchard do what Kevin Pritchard's got to do to get this thing back on its feet, but he does not want to tear it down to build it back up. He's not going to go all Chicago fire and raise the thing in order to build the city back better and bigger. He's not going to do that because he doesn't want to watch it, and he loves watching Pacers basketball. He's the biggest fan, and he should be. He owns the team. So we're going to see tonight whether this team can find its way back to being competitive, being somewhat enjoyable to watch, because it's not. And in basketball, for us to want to consume it, for us to want to go downtown and watch these games or, or turn on Bally Sports. And by the way, Bally Sports, could you keep a municipal hearing from the city of Pittsburgh Off the channel so I can watch and you can watch the damn Pacers play. What was that last night? I'm watching a game. It's at the end of the first quarter, and all of a sudden, it's the mayor of Pittsburgh talking about urban renewal. Don't push buttons. Allow us to watch Pacers basketball. If we're willing to invest the time and the energy to watch this, don't corrupt it by showing a city of Pittsburgh nonsense. The hell is the matter with you people? Automation is wrecking media. That's a story for a different day. But absolutely wrecking media. It's completely ridiculous. I don't know if it happened across all carriers, but on DirecTV stream, absolutely did. And it never, ever, ever should. And despite the fact that I tweeted at him, it didn't get fixed for a long time. That's crazy. This team is, what, 12 and 18? And you're kicking people to the curb who are investing their time to watch? The few people who are? What are you doing? At any rate. And maybe it was DirecTV Stream. Maybe they screwed it up, but I don't think so. Uh, whatever they do, they do. But you've got to retool this thing. Miles Turner's got to go. I, I can't. We, we don't take well to whiners in Indianapolis. I'm a glorified role player. You're a role player, period. That's what you are. That's who you are. And you're making $18 million a year to do it. And you complain? No. All right, Crossroads Classic, the final edition this Saturday. Noon, you got Purdue and Butler, 2.30-ish. You've got Notre Dame and Indiana. Last go-round for this thing. I absolutely love the Crossroads Classic. The Gainbridge Fieldhouse is split into quarters. you got Notre Dame in this quarter, Butler in that quarter. You've got Purdue and Indiana in their quarters. Everybody gets together. Everybody kind of loves each other, understands that this is a celebration of the game of basketball, which is oh so close to the hearts of the people in this state. And they're going to end it. And I kind of get it because Indiana wants to play somebody like Kansas and Purdue wants to play a blue blood or whatever. And so why are we we giving up one of our non-conference games to play this thing when the money really isn't that great because we split it four ways. I just absolutely loved it. And at the time that it was instituted, uh, it was hats off to Fred Glass and Jack Swarbrick, Barry Collier, and uh, Morgan Burke, who was the athletic director at Purdue at the time that this thing, the inaugurated uh, Crossroads Classic, was was played. Absolutely love it. It, it is such a fun afternoon of basketball. Everybody gets along so on so well and understands what the genesis of this thing was and what its purpose is and that it's going away I think is absolutely terrible. I just hate it. I love going down there for this thing. 
And and I'm going to go to the last one, and and hopefully, uh, you know, this is the best of all. We've seen so many good – Rob Fennessy hitting that shot at the buzzer. So much fun. Anyway, uh, RIP, rest in peace, Crossroads Classic. The idea was solid, the execution was excellent, and that it's going away I think is a shame. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. Hit subscribe, punch like, ring the bell, let's go, and if you don't want to screw around waiting for something to be shipped as a gift, how about the audio copy of Oops, 37 chapters of me talking about mistakes that I've made. Granted, none of them is huge as what Urban Meyer has authored over the last 12 months. But by God, there are mistakes in here you can learn from. I did. I highly recommend it. Did my best. It's all you can do. Again, hit subscribe. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.